0: Hey guys, this is Rico and this is Jess and we're the hosts of the always the critic podcast and we're here to announce something that has been in the works for some time.
1: We started a patreon yay
0: (laughs) super exciting. So we've been podcasting for quite some time since 2018. And first off, we want to thank each and every person who has listened to our show over the years.
1: The Patreon is a way for you guys to get involved and show your support. If you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron.
0: With the Patreon, our goal is to keep expanding and improving the quality and quantity of the content. Your donations are invaluable to us, and luckily, your pledge means you'll also get access to exclusive content and more.
1: You can check out the page on
0: patreon.com alwayscriticpod. Thanks again for listening and being part of our movie adventure. I'm Rico. And I'm Jess. And without further
1: ado, here's our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica.
0: And this is the Always the Critic podcast, where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except... We literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing on this Labor Day weekend?
1: I am doing well. I did absolutely nothing except to watch (laughs) Mulan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that that seemed to be the prevailing thing this weekend. Uh, A lot of people spent the weekend, if if they weren't indoors watching Mulan, uh, you know, they were doing other things outside and stuff. How nice it is to be outside every once in a while. (laughs) Uh, but before we get started and talk about Mulan, which we're here to do, uh, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, give us a review on Apple Podcasts because it goes a very long way.
1: Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Always Critic Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod.
0: Now today we are going to talk about the brand new release by Disney. It's the live action remake of Mulan. This is a movie that we have anticipated for a very long time. So long. So long <laughs> to the point that we even did a episode back in February. April? April. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. April. Yeah. <laughs> it's back in April. Sorry. So we did an episode. It was called The Many Reflections of Mulan. And what we did was we talked about the historical epic poem, The Ballad of Mulan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the 2009 mainland China live action version, which was called The Rise of a Warrior. And we also talked about the Disney animated version from the 90s. And then what we did was we circled back to make some predictions on the now released movie. Yeah. So if you want to compare and contrast <laughs> what we thought the movie was going to be versus what we're going to talk about now, check out that episode on your podcast feed. It's episode number
1: 101. Yeah. So
0: back from April. So, Jessica, why don't yep. you give let us know what this Mulan <laughs> is all about?
1: All right. So the IMDb synopsis reads, a young Chinese maiden disguises herself as a male warrior in order to save her father, a live action feature film based on Disney's Mulan. It was directed by Nikki Caro, who is a female New Zealand film director. She directed whale, wi- whale writer, yeah. <laughs> whale Wido. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's a weird two I words know. back to back like that.
1: It is. And the zookeeper's wife. Um, it was written by Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Elizabeth Martin, and Lauren Heineck, um which is no, no Asians at all.
0: We'll talk about that later <laughs> on for sure.
1: Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver are a married couple and they brought you Jurassic World and the Planet of the Apes reboot trilogy. So that's something of note. The movie stars Liu Fei as Mulan, Donnie Yen as Commander Tong, Jet Li as the Emperor, Jason Scott Lee as Bori Khan, Li Gong as Xiang Yang. Uh, which is the witch, and then Yoson and as Hong, Hong Hui.
0: <laughs> yes. And so this movie uh, basically had people from all five continents. They had casting directors looking for people for this movie, especially for the star of the movie. Uh, they saw nearly 1,000 candidates of Chinese origin for the role of Mulan. Their requirements were credible martial arts skills. Uh, the ability to speak English, and have some type of star quality, something you can't really measure unless you basically see them. Uh, <laughs> right. So it turns out that, uh, would you give me the pronunciation one more I time? say Liu Yifei. Lu- okay, Liu Yifei. I just want to want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Because I'm saying,
1: I, and I'm saying her last name first.
0: Right, because that uh, is how customary right. it is. Uh, she did 90% of her own stunts in yeah, this movie. Yeah, she's a boss. That's really good. <laughs> Another interesting note about this movie, it was rated PG-13, which is right. the first of the live-action remakes to be rated PG-13. Correct. Now, uh, this movie, critics were –
1: Positive, I think it's open positive, positive
0: Positive for the most part, 77% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this is from the general consensus. It could have told its classic story with greater depth, but the live action Mulan is a visual marvel that serves as a stirring update to its animated predecessor. Right. Uh, there's a lot of things I agree with that statement. Now, audiences feel much different uh, yeah. 55% audience score. So it's pretty split. Very split among audiences. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising to me. Uh, I
1: Usually these are over, like it's the opposite.
0: Oh, yeah. So, like, critics if you,
1: hate it and then the audience loves it. Right. Because it's live were, action remakes.
0: Yeah. Because if you were to take a look at something like The Lion King from last year, 2019, uh, you would see that. Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score, or I'm sorry, the critic score with a 52, Ooh. but audiences were 88% positive See? on that movie. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure you could find other cases with the other live action remakes. So this one's a bit different, uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. surprising to me. But I wonder if it's because of the some of the I some of the changes that were made. That people are kind <laughs> of against. It could be that's uh, yes. what it is.
1: I don't think it's very Westernized like the animated movie is.
0: Right. There's
1: So people in the Western audience might not have a lot of connection to it. There's no songs, no Eddie Murphy, <laughs> and that sort of thing bridges some gaps, you know, in the audience with a story that is not of their culture. So I can maybe see that people were not, didn't feel as close to it.
0: Yeah. So with that though, another thing that is kind of strange about everything going on now is because, because of COVID-19 this movie was released on Disney plus instead of Correct. being released, at least here in the United States, at mm-hmm. least it, it was not released in theaters. So it kind of puts us in, in a spot of how do we grade it versus its predecessors in the live action remake division. Mm-hmm. So like Beating the Beast made over a billion dollars. The Lion King made over a billion dollars. Uh, these were the live action remakes, not even the right. animated versions. So this here, Mulan, the box office overseas so far, it's only made $6 million overseas. Yeah. Now it's doing better than Aladdin and Cinderella in those same regions where it has opened up in theaters. Correct. It's on a budget of two hundred million dollars. Uh <laughs> and then on top of that, Disney Plus it's painful. We don't know the numbers of how many we people. We don't know the numbers. Right. I'm guessing if it's a success, Disney will release the numbers.
1: I think so
0: too. If I'm waiting
1: to hear right. what what it was,
0: yeah. And if it's not a success, I can imagine them keeping a very tight lip on it and just marching forward with everything else. On top of that, last <laughs> thing, it wasn't just on regular Disney+. Plus; You actually had to pay a premium right. access, which I think a lot of people were very it was turned off a huge off turn by.
1: off. Huge turn off
0: for people. Huge turn off. Yeah. I mean, there was so many people, like if you go on to any type of social media, you get the same complaint. Why would I pay $30 for a movie that I'm going to be able to get for free in December? Correct. And free, meaning they already have a subscription to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one complaint. Uh, you know, other people are saying, well, that's too expensive because some of the other premium VODs that have come out earlier this year, like uh, the King of Staten Island, uh, The Way Back, Trolls, any of that, those movies that were supposed to come in theaters, they put them out for $19.99 instead of $29.99. Yeah, so, yeah it's a
1: full $10 more. Like that's a right. whole Chipotle order.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think what is very interesting about this is that this is Disney really seeing if it's viable to do the strategy they just tried to do. If it's viable.
1: That is not. Okay. So Bob Chapik Chapik Chapik. is the the, uh, CEO of Disney now. And he was the one that announced, you know, this is going to go on direct demand for $30 and we're going to bypass theaters. And he was very clear in saying this is not some sort of new thing that we're going to do. Some new strategy that we're going to implement for movies to go on. Premium access on Disney Plus. Like we are still committed to the theater experience. Basically, it's just because of the circumstances, and we want to get this movie out. Basically, do you think that there is a number? Though, absolutely. If this goes like Gangbusters on VOD, yeah, I think they're gonna try and do more of it. Whether that whether the movie is has a budget of two hundred million dollars, right, or maybe they strike a good balance in, with a lower budget movie that might be a February release in a normal theater setting gets thrown on for the maybe a less of a price tag, not thirty dollars, which ran them into hot hot water on social media and everywhere. You know, they might strike a balance between a $20 movie that's trolls quality, not $200 million to make, and they could make some serious money doing that. But that's neither here nor there. Like, that's just part of why Mulan is so unique, because yes. everyone is coming at this from probably the worst place imaginable. Like <laughs> It's the worst <laughs> time in the history.
0: Right.
1: Um, A global pandemic. People are already really on the fence about anything coming out of China. Um, and now we have Mulan, which w- had a lot of really good buzz back in the beginning of the year. And us two personally were super excited to watch Mulan. And then now, you know, the headspace is different. People's finances are different. So coming out with a $30 Premium access movie is also really tough on families now. Yeah. Whether, you know, you they were willing to pay $15 for each person in their family to go see it in theaters or just sitting around the couch and the TV and watching it for $30, whether that's good, bad, whatever. I think that this experience was interesting, to say the least.
0: Yes, because I think... You're going to see a lot of family people, people who have kids, people who have large pe- groups of people that they have to account for. Mm-hmm. This is a blessing for them because, mm-hmm. like you said, average ticket cost could be fifteen dollars per person, right? And so, if you have a family of four, that's you know sixty bucks right there. Not to mention the popcorn, the drinks, exactly, you know, all that. So, cut that right in half. Watch it at home, and then on top of that be able to watch it again and again if you do love it, that is a bargain. That's a huge bargain for people. Uh, But again, that's not for everyone. There are people who they don't live in a family where everybody's interested in watching the movie, much less pay to contribute towards, you know, watching it at home. So I can understand why people would be a little apprehensive to pay 30 bucks when when you're single and living in an apartment in New York right and for you instance you would have paid you know 16 17 bucks to watch it in a theater yeah. versus wa- paying 30 bucks to watch it on your couch mm-hmm. which there's this weird I don't know if you have it because I I believe that I have it too but there's this sense of when you're watching something on your couch it's not the same as watching it you know in a theater. Yeah. Obviously the experience, but also paying for stuff. Yes. So like- It's a to, bit of a stigma. <laughs> right. So like renting a movie at home, not really ideal. And that's
1: only recent because people used to go to Blockbuster and rent a bunch of movies right. and pay money. And that was like their weekend, their Friday night, what have you. Now, because of streaming and getting so many things essentially in your mind for free- <laughs>
0: Right. Exactly
1: you're way more hesitant to pay $20, $30 on one movie. Yes. So
0: it's hard. It's hard. It really is. So uh, with that part of the conversation- In the back of everyone's minds. Yeah, with that that out there, let's talk about the actual movie itself.
1: Okay, (laughs) non-spoiler.
0: Non-spoiler, Jessica. What did you think of this version of Mulan?
1: Okay, so I had high expectations. Like I said, I thought the movie- was very good. Very good. I don't think it was great. I was expecting greatness.
0: <laughs> it was not great. Right. And I, I'm right there with you. I expected oh, okay. this to be. Honestly, I walked into the movie and even back when, you know, it was going to be released at the end of March. Like, yeah. We had the expectation. This has the potential to be the best live action version of these remakes that they've been doing. Yes. Just because of the fact that they were doing something different. They weren't just like, it wasn't a complete rehash of we're just going to make it beat for beat. Every single thing is going to be the same. Right. Exactly. They took out the music. They took out some of the, you know, different things that apparently a lot of fans (laughs) love. And I was a little taken back by, uh, that I guess. Okay. What is is that? What are those things? Okay. So for example, people were upset that Mushu was cut like they were <laughs> upset that we didn't get you know the lovable sidekick the animal that can talk I guess and right. I was taken aback by that that people were upset by that yeah. I get-
1: so yes um people were upset that there was no Captain Shang right just like the romantic interests in the animated 1998 film um again I'm one of the few one of the few people that like was like Do more, like take out more. Like I'm here for all these changes. I don't want songs. I don't care about Mushu. Mushu and the songs and Captain Shang in the Hun army and all the rest of the things that they took out or changed live on in the original 1998 movie that will never change. You still have that people coming at list. Like it's ruining the legacy and reputation of the original. And it's like, relax this movie. I, you want it to be something different. That's been the biggest complaint of every person who I've heard talk about these live action remakes is that it's
0: just a live action
1: remake beat for beat. What, why are we even here? If, it's the same.
0: Right. And so I if you're saying that it's going to destroy the legacy, no, it's not, because right there on your right there on your remote, just hit over to the right and there's <laughs> the nineteen nineties version of Mulan on Disney Plus. Like if you want to keep everything in your mind that you hold and treasure, then just watch the original. Yeah. I personally hate when a remake is just a beat for beat. Just like we're going to do no everything originality.
1: Over.
0: Yeah, no originality. Like if you're going to do a remake, do something different. You know, mm-hmm. make a change, make something different. Like, you know, the, the change in Aladdin, the Aladdin remake, the very little change is trying to give Jasmine a little more agency. Mm. But then they gave her like this very crappy song like just to show off that there's
1: pigeonholed into today's audience and sensibilities versus being a really valued portion of the movie felt extremely contrived and you know it didn't work and that was one of the only things that they changed in the movie that was
0: pretty much it everything else was beat for beat uh a lot of the jokes were the same so and then The Lion King, also the same thing. Like that movie is the same. Like, <laughs> I don't know why it's a remake, because it's also animated, only <laughs> computer animated. So it's it's not really a remake. It's just so like if you let's go back, computer animated. If, if
1: we've reviewed these movies. So yes, if you go did. back and listen, you can catch all of our thoughts on those. But we're basically here to say if you're pissed that Mushu has been cut and there's no Eddie Murphy-esque comedic relief side character, I'm sorry, but we disagree. Like we're here to say, talk about how we feel about the movie. And this is, this is a new iteration that has a lot of differences that we're going to talk about. So one of those things is the martial arts in this movie. Yes. Which, you know, if you've seen some of the trailers you'll be like oh this looks interesting because they're like running up walls and she's flipping in the air and all these things it's very unbelievable but it's it follows the grand tradition of wuxia um martial arts films and if you've seen things like crouching tiger hidden dragon that is the style of the martial arts in this movie and i think that um you know Flying and you know running through the air, which is a, a lot of wire work, running up walls and things like that. That's all part of the style. I think they did a pretty good job in Wan yes. of doing this. And I would say my only complaint is I don't think they knew how to quite film it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: like, like I'm like okay, I'm here. Like I see it. It's going. Co- it's going well. And then they would kind of make some weird cuts here and there. And it didn't seem like they were trusting of the martial
0: arts so i think the biggest thing is that they didn't have an action director mm. who can stylize truly what how martial arts films are stylized like yeah. there's a way of shooting action there's a way of right. shooting fighting there's Correct. so the way it's shot maybe is not perfect throughout this movie right Right. Uh, there's some interesting style choices. Like, um, for example, there's a moment and it's in the trailer. So there's no spoiler there if you watch trailers. Um, it's when she's in the wooden temple and like the camera kind of flips with her as she's doing a backflip. So yeah. like interesting style choices like that are are pretty cool. But um, not all of it works. Correct. So, yeah, <laughs> it's there's like
1: the the beauty and the coolness of the action is that you probably should be presented it without much fuss. You know, yes. you know, full. We shouldn't have like mid shots. No,
0: no, there should a, be good yeah. wide shot where you can see full body you can and see what they're
1: doing. And to if Nui Faye is doing 90% of her own stunts, I want to see that she's doing 90% of her own stunts. Right. Exactly. So, um, that being said, there were some really cool moments, a lot of, um, horsemanship, which I was really surprised about. It reminded me a lot of Lord of the Rings for some reason. I was like, we <laughs> did a flip like Legolas. So, um, things like that also they slowed down some moments that you might miss when it came to like archery yes uh you know when when character in particular does this like flip behind his back he like flips the the bow and arrow behind his back and shoots from behind his back yes and i was like that's amazing i probably would have missed that if that was you know regular speed um so they did do some things to the benefit of the audience but on the whole i was a bit like not disappointed, but I was like, this could be better,
0: right? Now, visually, the colors oh my incredible. god, the scenery like, there is a moment and it, it's in the middle of the movie. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but it's after Mulan reveals herself, okay? Yeah, um, you know, it's in the snow and just the way, like, it's a wide shot, yeah, and just like the way the characters yes. are just standing you have mulan on one side and then you have the rest of the battalion to the right and just the way it is shot is beautiful like
1: yeah so i think the cinematography mm -hmm. was really really cool and very stunning colorful jaw-dropping um they did a great job of going all over china They, they were like it's kind of unbelievable. Like they're here, they're there and it's multiple, <laughs> you know, she's in a bamboo forest in one spot. Then she's in like the desert in another spot. And then she's in the mountains and it's like, Oh my God. But this is all, I mean, this is all China. China has all kinds of climates, all different kinds of climates. Um, so it was beautiful, but it was absolutely gorgeous. Yes. And so I felt the visuals were really strong. The wardrobe complemented everything. Um, you know, just color, so much color and brightness. It was vivacious. Um, I had a great time just looking at everything. Um, you know, you go back and watch the animated movie and things like the emperor's um, hall and, and that space in the palace look nowhere near as ornate and beautiful as it did in the live action version so that was a positive i think the visuals are beautiful
0: yes uh now for the people who are complaining about the music that there's no songs sure there's no songs but they do take the musical cues from yes. the original from well or from the animated version so henry uh harry gregson williams who did the original score or i'm sorry let he me did the score that. for the
1: live action yes based on Jerry Goldsmith's score from 98. So here's where I want to kind of deviate is that uh, I felt like a lot of people were complimenting the score and saying that it was awesome. And I'm of the other opinion in that I thought the score was kind of okay. Nothing great. Like Jerry Goldsmith's
0: 1998 score. Yeah. Um, do you think it's because they didn't do enough of a nod to the original score?
1: I believe so. And we're, when we're talking score, we don't mean songs, musical songs. Like, no. I'm fine with the musical motifs from those songs yeah. being used in the movie. That's great. I'm not complaining about that. I'm complaining about the real, like, an action set piece is happening and the score is not, like,
0: meeting it. It's not driving.
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, it's just nowhere near the level of greatness as the original. And I especially felt that during, and I don't think these are (laughs) spoiler portions of the movie, but, you know, I felt that especially during when Mulan is watching her father practice sword play, and then she leaves for battle. Yeah. And the battle scenes, and especially the avalanche scene, those scenes, when you watch it in the original 1998, film are absolutely crazy good right um and i would have loved to have just you could have just reused some of those pieces in those scenes where i felt really like it was like not as good um
0: i would say that when it comes to a remake there has to be a good balance Mm -hmm. Especially with what Disney is trying to do. Disney is, besides the fact that it's a cash grab, um, they are trying to strike a balance between an old audience and a new audience. They are trying to reach both. Yeah, I'm
1: fine with changes, like I said.
0: Yes, have some changes. Still, you can throw an ode to the original, you know, yeah. musical motifs yeah. are very good, um, you know, to use for for that sort of thing. But they didn't. I in the music, they didn't do enough of it. Mm. If they would have done just a little bit more, it would have maybe pulled in more of the original audience that yeah, maybe I, is not buying this this version.
1: I thought the score was nice, but. You know, I I managed to watch Mulan, the live action twice. And then I watched the animated movie just to get fresh on yeah. everything. And again, those scenes that I mentioned, I was like, oh, my God, like it's carrying the moment even more than the really impressive animation. And. You know, I'm sorry to say like to Harry Gregson Williams, like you, you sorry, like <laughs> it you didn't work for me. Yeah, like. <laughs> Drop the bone. Now,
0: yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some of the characters. Uh, yeah, let's
1: go and talk about the villains. Yes, the villains. Okay, so we had Jason I'm gonna, Scott.
0: I'm going to clear the paint here for you. Oh, okay. I'm gonna clear the paint.
1: <laughs> so we had Jason Scott Lee as Bori Khan. I don't know if you guys know this. I love Jason Scott Lee. I just adore the man. I think he can do no wrong. So. You know, if you saw the trailers and were like, that's Jason Scott Lee, that's part of it because they did a number on him. He's looking very different. (laughs) Um, I quite enjoyed his performance. I think, and this is a hot take, they could have just done away with Lee Gong as the witch and left Jason Scott Lee as the one and only villain. Mm. As, As similar to... The original movie where right. you just had um, Shen Yu as the main villain. He had a crew.
0: Right, he had a crew.
1: <laughs> but, but he was the main number one baddie. So what did you think of Jason Scott Lee?
0: So Jason Scott Lee, very good performance. Um, very good villain. Mm. Um yeah, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about his villain portrayal. I thought it was no, and I thought well
1: his done. character was given way more of a reason to want to kill the emperor. Yes, which we'll cover in spoilers. Right? Um, how did you think Li Gong did? First of all, she doesn't age, she <laughs> which doesn't is incredible.
0: Age. Yeah, crazy. Um, I I honestly thought that this was a good change here,
1: okay. having
0: the witch as a way to, I don't know if explain, but more like be the a magical precursor. force or precursor for to the Mulan. villains. And yeah, and kind of like the the mirror image. Or-
1: yes. Um, my comparison that I, well, the thing that I kept in the back of my mind was they seem to be trying to make her witch character into a shadowy reflection, fun intended, shadowy reflection of Mulan. Kind of like how um, Harvey Dent slash Two-Face and Bruce Wayne and Batman are in Dark Knight.
0: Yes. So they are two sides of the same coin. One word to say. um, In in that case.
1: So how did you how did you feel about her? And possibly kind of being a reflection of Mulan.
0: I honestly thought that it was a good change for this movie. I like having that additional character that can give our protagonist more of a decision to make or an obstacle to overcome, or even it, you know, just something to consider. Uh, This movie presents Mulan with an opportunity, you know, in, in basically going the wrong way, you know, because the witch presents an argument as to why she should follow in her own steps. Okay. You know, stuff like that. I do like that. So I, I don't know if I want to leave
1: this for spoilers, but basically I agree to a certain point, Mm -hmm. but it kind of falls flat for me because they're both working. This might be spoiler, but they're both working essentially for a man.
0: Okay. Yeah. (laughs)
1: So, you know. What, what's the difference, really, between the Emperor and, and Bori, Bori Khan? Yeah.
0: Right. Um, yeah, that's true. It has
1: a, an overt sense of nationalism to it as well, because she's like, well, I'm going to fight for my country. And it's Is, is it fine. just because of
0: the fact that maybe Mulan's character actually gets accepted versus the witch? I mean, it... it it's we're veering into spoiler territory so
1: we can we'll table this and move to yeah. talking about the romantic interests, which again Shang is not in this movie. No, you Shane have this character this yeah, you have this character called Hong Honghui played by yoson An. and how did you feel about him?
0: I don't I don't think that this is a very strong love interest I think, really no. I think okay. that this is a movie, or this movie really concentrates on Mulan.
1: Yeah, it's not a it's not thing. a romance, and neither is the original
0: no, no movie like at all. And I don't think this Hong Wei is a very strong like. You're I don't think you spend the movie rooting for him to try to ingratiate himself with Mulan. I I think that as an audience member, it's cool to have someone who she could fight alongside who is kind of her equal, at yeah. least in some way.
1: I have here. thoughts, but, but I agree a, with you as a
0: romantic interest. I didn't really care okay. about him. Or I agree
1: with, I agree with you to a certain point because I did think that Hong, Hui was a, a good romantic interest. Not mm. that the movie was forcing them together or, right. you know, trying to further that plot line. Um, lastly, I think we wanted to talk about the themes of the movie, which are heavy handed in the Mm. movie and in the trailer. So we have three pillars that they force you throughout the movie and it's, um, loyal, brave, and true. How did you feel about the movie kind of being in service of these virtues?
0: Uh, The movie does not go five minutes (laughs) without mentioning (laughs) one of these virtues. Like the movie is heavy handed with it. Yeah. Um, Like an example I wanted to give you is so uh, Simu Liu. Uh, I'm trying to pronounce his name correct. He has been hired as Shang-Chi by Marvel for their upcoming movie that comes out. Okay. And so... He tweeted out, without saying the movie, but it, it kind of feels like he's throwing shade at the movie. <laughs> but he tweeted out, be right back, though. I got to think about my honor for the fourth time this hour. It's very important <laughs> to me, as you can tell, from movies that your people have written about my people. Oh. I mean, how else can you interpret it except that it's possibly that he's talking about Mulan? Yeah. I mean, we, we went over the fact that this movie... No Asian writers. It's all white people, pretty much, Mm -hmm. who wrote the movie and directed the movie. White director. So, and this movie hammers it home the entire time. You have to be loyal. You have to be brave. You have to be true. And the true part is, like, all the time, like, they hammer this part. It could be a little, like, nauseating. It's overbearing. Yeah. With how much they try to drive that point home. Correct. You know, and so that is one of the issues that I have with this movie is that yeah. it falls too much in this, like you, you have to follow these virtues. These are the virtues of our people. And it seems like that's something that we come across in a lot of Asian uh, movies that are written by Western society mm-hmm. is that they always rely on those. Well, you know, the people of, Asian descent always, you know, the, <laughs> these core tenants in their lives. And so we have to remind people of it, you know, like what I it think is. it
1: would have been better if it wasn't so hammered into.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If it wasn't so like, Hey, we haven't gone 10 minutes without mentioning it. We should probably, Hey,
1: are it. you loyal? Brave and true? Ha ha ha. Guess not. Right. Hey, <laughs> So (laughs) like
0: every five minutes, every five minutes. So Um, I think that puts us into the spot of what were some of other people's complaints about the movie before we get into the spoilers. So we'll
1: mention some of these and we'll probably talk through a couple of these in the spoiler section. Other people were complaining that the movie was utterly lifeless, that it fell flat, that it, there was a disconnect between the characters and the audience, people bitching about the $30, that they had to spend to watch this movie, um, saying that the villains were not threatening, that there was no real climax. Um, the empowerment narrative is undermined by the fact that the heroine is fighting to preserve an authoritarian power, which I just mentioned when we were talking about the villains. Correct. Um Bad acting, bad dialogue. Mulan is special from the beginning instead of winning because of real effort and determination. So people didn't like the fact that Mulan was already a martial arts queen.
0: Right. I I saw somebody tweet out like, um, I hate that they basically gave Mulan superpowers. But other than that, (laughs) the movie's good. Okay, so So with that, we'll jump into spoilers. Yes, we will jump into spoilers right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no
1: attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist.
0: Oh, what's in the box? All right, so let's go ahead and let's talk about spoilers for Mulan. Uh, so let's run through some of the changes. I think that's where a, a lot of people have their hangups or they they like certain things. So let's talk about like some of the major changes, at least that we noticed and, you know, kind of where we fall there. Mm-hmm. So let's start at the beginning of the movie. We do see the animated version, and that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be comparing to the animated version. So the animated version begins at the great wall of China. Now all of China knows you're here, yeah. uh, but the live action, there's no great wall of China it, You know, at all at like, all. They don't show it at all, which is
1: kind of bizarre change. I think because the great wall of China totally would have been, <laughs> would yes, have been there. Totally. And, you know, even from when it was first built up until the actual ballad of Mulan was composed In the 5th or 6th century, there totally would have been pieces of the wall up. So um, they could have left a semblance of that in there. It was a really great moment in the original. And considering they covered every other inch of China in the movie,
0: they did not do the Great Wall, which was, I think, a little bizarre. Weird. Now, in the animated, it's the Huns that are invading. But in the live action, it's the Rurons that are invading.
1: Uh yeah. so and it's a real I mean they're kind of just going based on history. The Huns were kind of an amalgamation of different peoples that invaded, and the Rorons are were a real nomadic group of people living in the northern steppe zone uh during the time when the Ballad of Mulan was written. So these are essentially like Mongolians that are coming down and trying to invade lower China. Um So I think that's nice. A nice touch that they changed it from like this Huns and there really were no Huns. Yeah. So that
0: was cool. Now, focusing on the character of Mulan at the beginning of the animated version, she's basically a noob. She 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 does not fight. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't fight. She can't even hold a sword or wield a sword. But in this movie, like from a young child, she's already a powerful warrior.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: And uh, just to like add on top of that, because, you know, it's something else that we notice is that she in the animated version, she was a clever and resourceful, like nonconformist. But yeah, here she's like a reluctant superhero with plot armor, because I mean, mm-hmm. this girl goes into war and battle doesn't have a scratch on her like there's Yes. Like she is like the doesn't get injured. warrior pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, so like that change, I don't know if it would turn people off or you like. So here's my my
1: thing is that I don't mind that she is powerful from the get go. I I like that. I think that's great. It kind of makes no sense that she is becomes this fantastic warrior through just basic training
0: (laughs) when she's she's been been raised as a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, So
1: what I didn't like was that she didn't get injured at all at all the original she does get injured um which kind of makes her more human
0: yes and Uh, this movie does treat her like a superhero superhero. because of the different things that she can do and we'll talk about it a little bit later but they do emphasize a lot on chi uh that it's all about harnessing the chi yes i have thoughts on that uh has within them so Yeah, Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, because I think that's going to be a bit of controversy there for some people. Now, in the animated version, you Mm -hmm. actually see that the ancestors are not supportive of Mulan. And so what they do is they send out the great stone dragon to bring her back. Right. But in this one, it's actually a Phoenix guardian. So it's not a dragon, it's a phoenix. And it's And the father
1: prays for the Phoenix to watch over
0: Mulan. Right. And it's a similar
1: to the grandmother's (laughs) exact prayer. But the ancestors are they show them they're funny, they're, you know, bickering back and forth. And they're they're like, How could she do that? She's a cross dresser and all this stuff. We don't have any of that. There's No. no judgment from the ancestors. The Phoenix Guardian is this huge guiding presence doesn't speak it never speaks but it isn't working against her uh, it's more like it's facilitating her and encouraging her throughout her journey
0: exactly so which that's, is positive that's i like a, that change it's yeah. a positive change for us yeah. you know this is where a lot of people have their hang-ups about it not being mushu uh now the here's a big change that The character Mulan, she gets found out that she's a woman by chance after she gets injured. We already mentioned she does not get injured in this movie. So Mm -hmm. in the live action, it's 100 percent her choice to be to reveal her identity and stay true to herself. Correct. I personally like that. Me too. I like the fact that she decides, you know what? I can't continue living this lie. Of pretending to be a man. I am going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to be true to myself. Which (laughs) true is another one of those, (laughs) uh, you know, buzzwords and buzzwords of this movie. But I did like that it's her choice. It's Mm -hmm. not something that she gets outed in any way. She does it herself. So I really enjoyed that. Um, Now, in the original, in the animated, uh, Shang who's not in this movie. Shang, basically the only reason he doesn't kill her is because a life, for a life, my debt is repaid because, like, she saved him, She life. saved his life, yeah. Not because he believed she was right or didn't deserve death for, you know, the deception that she caused in the animated movie. Now, in this version, Donnie Yen, who is the battalion leader and mm-hmm. the trainer, uh, he basically issues an expulsion on her as a punishment for her deception and she returned, you know, if she returns, if she death returns, penalty. then she'll get the death penalty. It's funny because, um, uh, earlier in the movie, like right in the middle where they're t- talking about, if you, you know, run away or deserter, your death, death penalty. And then, yeah. You know, all these different ones. But if you lie, expulsion, dishonor mm-hmm. on your family, like that yeah. was worse than, you know, the penalty of death for that right. Right. because bringing dishonor to your family, you have to be yeah. honorable, honor, <laughs> honor, you know? So <laughs> th- the word is there. So that was a change. I don't know how you felt about it. I wasn't big on the whole thing of like,
1: I wasn't big on like death per- penalty versus expulsion. Yeah. Um, to me it like, not that they were equal, but I was like, okay, whatever. I was more like, in rewatching the animated movie i was like okay shang was just like i you scratch my back i scratch yours we're done i never want to see you again and you know people kind of look back on the animated movie and think that he can walk on water and really consider him in a positive light and like yo homeboy was like about to kill her and the only reason that his hand was stayed was because she had just saved his life
0: exactly yeah now uh back to the Phoenix and the protector so mushu in the animated version uh flawed and selfish like that extremely extremely yeah. like you can there's even a quote of his I risked your life to help myself at least you had good intentions this was mushu talking to Mulan yes uh but in the new version like we mentioned before it is the Phoenix that is a guiding presence it doesn't really affect any change. But the Phoenix is completely benevolent and selfless to Mulan. Yes. And to watching over Mulan right. and just guiding her. So, mm-hmm.
1: that's, which is nice. I think it's subtle. Yeah. Uh, it, the Phoenix is a bit of an icon versus an active um, sidekick. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. Who she is. Yeah.
0: Now, some action beats that take place with Mulan. Uh, so, in the animated version, the crew clears the path for Shang to save the Emperor. But Shang gets defeated, so Mulan has to take over. That's how it is in the animated. In the live action, she is declared the leader of the mission, and the crew clears a path for her. So, right. So no, you know, hey, we're going to follow this man, even though Mulan came up with the idea. <laughs> right. No, the this this live action version is like, she came up with the idea. She should be the one to lead the mission. And right. And she does, and they clear the path for her.
1: Mm -hmm, Which Uh, was
0: nice. Which was nice. A nice change there. Uh, The animated version. Here's a funny one. Uh, So (laughs) at the end, there's a dance party. And so we have music by 98 Degrees and Stevie Wonder. (laughs) We've already mentioned there's no music in this movie. No like actual songs. Musicals, yeah. So in this version, uh, Mulan gets honored in front of her whole village. And her father's voiceover says, the girl becomes a soldier. The soldier becomes a leader. The leader became a legend. Uh, I think that's nice. I mean, especially since you're not going to have any music. So obviously you need something. I like
1: that final line for sure. Um yes. Because it is a legend.
0: <laughs> it is a legend. Yeah. It is. As we spoke about in that episode. Episode, episode 101. 101.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: finally, we. I just mentioned that that's the father's voiceover. So in the animated, there's no voiceover. In this one, no. the dad is narrating the story throughout. Yes. How did you feel about that?
1: I thought it was okay. Right. Um, I wasn't in love with it, especially, you know, it kind of seemed like it was unneeded in a couple of parts. Um, she shows up to basic training and he's like, it was a foreign world to her, world full of men and whatever. And I was like, you probably didn't need that voice over there to help exp- explain that she's uncomfortable or going into new territory full of men. And it's kind of going to be a culture shock. Like I get that. Right. You know, exactly. I felt like I was smart enough to be like, yeah, she's, she's on pins and needles. She's lying about her identity. I get it.
0: Like yes, it's high I think stakes. we got it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we can see it. It's on screen. Yeah.
1: So there was a couple moments where I was like, eh. But the final voiceover was good, and the beginning voiceover was okay. He covered the whole Chi concept in the beginning voiceover, and the Chi is reserved for men, really not for women. So um, we'll cover that in a second. But yes, that's why I say like it was positive and negative. It was sweet at the end, kind of unneeded during the middle, and then the beginning was a little contrived because of the subject
0: matter. (laughs) Exactly. Now, speaking of Mulan, uh, we have mentioned that uh, about the romantic interest in this movie, who is Hong Hui. Um, In the the animated version, this is a line that is said about Mulan. Uh, You would believe Pong, why is Mulan any different? Oh, sorry, Ping. (laughs) Oh, Ping, sorry. You would believe Ping, why is Mulan any different? So, in the animated version, when she lays out what is happening, yeah, you know, they obviously don't want to believe her because she's a woman. The Huns are in the city, and yeah. they're like, why would we believe you? Right. You know. And so, you know, they come to her Same defense. thing.
1: Same you thing. You know, in this one, she comes to the garrison, and she's like, hey, the Emperor, they're, they're going to the, the Imperial City, and they're going to take out the Emperor.
0: But here's the um, difference. What is that yes. difference here?
1: Well... Our boy Honghui says, you would believe Hua Jun, why not Mulan? She's braver than any man here. And she, he kind of rallies everyone behind her because he's speaking truth.
0: That last part of that line there, she's braver than any man here. Uh, the fact that Mulan chose to reveal herself, which right there alone among her own mm-hmm. people is something that, you know, they possibly could have killed her for just
1: mm-hmm. because of the
0: deception. So the fact that she was willing to come out and, you know, I'm a woman and I know we're in trouble and I know the emperor is in trouble. Yeah. I, we need to do something. And she came to back to a me.
1: death penalty. Yeah, she did. Because she, that's why, I mean, it plays into everything that he's saying.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, I thought that was a nice little update. Just adding that extra part. Of yeah. She's Points to
1: Kui versus Shang yes. <laughs> as
0: well. Speaking of the two. Uh, in the animated version, we have Shang, you know, the romance only comes into play towards the end of the movie. And it's kind of problematic because if you're considering it, he is her superior officer and the power dynamic is off since, you know, he wields more authority over Mulan in the animated version, like direct superior. Um, now in this version, it's different. This Mm -hmm. is a comrade. This is a peer. Hong uh, mm-hmm. Hui is a friend to her throughout. And the romance also comes into play towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, however, it isn't really problematic because of the fact yeah. that they're on equal footing in terms of rank. So it's not like someone is, you know, has more authority than the other. So, yeah. you know, there's no and power he even dynamics. Says,
1: yeah. He even says literally like we are equals at one point. Um he expresses really cute vulnerable worries about being in, unable to talk to women. Yes. <laughs> which was really cute. Like he's like what if she doesn't like me and it's it's a really quite adorable because obviously he doesn't know he's talking to a woman right then and there. Um so I quite like that they they put more foundation to them yes. to whatever romance could come later and You know, they don't kiss just like the original, but they do have a hand. (laughs) Do you want to talk about that or should I
0: go ahead and talk about it because (laughs) I can't describe it as well as you can?
1: Okay, so they uh, obviously they don't kiss. They have a really dramatic, emotional goodbye scene on a picturesque bridge as she's heading out of the city. And they kind of like touch hands because before she wouldn't take his hand. (laughs) (laughs) to get up off the floor. Like it was like a a practical thing. And then now he held up his hand is kind of like, we finally know each other let's shake hands and he chides her like you still won't take my hand and she's like Uh, so he got <laughs> she kind of puts her hand in his hand and it's a little bit more like of a caress right. am i getting this right i'm reading yes, it right
0: you are reading that right so
1: i felt that that scene was super romantic and considering all of like the, the asian tv shows and things that i watch skinship is so important and <laughs> this kind of handholding is like as close to a kiss as you can get um you know eastern um entertainment is notoriously prudish and um innocent in in a way and so to me i was like oh shit they're taking after you know this concept that you don't need to be all up in each other's faces and knowledge all up in each other's business to have intimacy and so that's exactly what they showcase in this final like goodbye and to me they kind of leave it open for a sequel
0: if they decide to go that way we don't
1: see their romance come to any sort of fruition it's just kind
0: of like it's left left in the air yes exactly yes uh finally last couple of changes that we wanted to highlight here Uh, And they involve the Emperor. So in the animated version, the Emperor is much more benevolent. At the beginning, even sending troops to protect civilians instead of himself. Yes. Now, here in this version, which is played by Jet Li, which, by the way, if I may answer this, did not recognize Jet Li. Really? I, like, I was like wait, Jet Li's in this movie? Werewolf? And then I was like, oh, he was the Emperor. I got, oh my God. Completely over my head the first, like when I saw it. Anyway, Damn. so in the live action version, Jet Li, uh, he seems detached and prideful. like, And he has blood on his hands because yeah. he killed Boy Khan's father. Right. Which is the whole reason why Boy Khan is like coming after the Emperor. The Emperor tells Mulan to rise up. Uh, in felt, the
1: final act. Right. Yeah.
0: And it felt... Feels a little bit hollow because of course he needs her to rise up so she can save him because he's
1: tied <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, he's like dangling in yeah, the air.
0: He needs and help. Of
1: course he needs the one warrior that showed up. If she's a woman, so be it. Rise up. Like it's just it felt a little hollow, and I can understand why people um were complaining about Mulan fighting for the
0: patriarchy, essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh and finally, here's the last part, is that in the in- animated version, Shen Yu says that the emperor invited him, and that's in quotations, uh, when he built that great northern wall to keep him out. So kind of as in, like, you're daring me to come and attack Exactly. Him. Uh, but in the new version, uh, we have Bori Khan, who has more motivation to invade China, and it's because he wants to kill the emperor because the emperor killed his father.
1: Right. You know,
0: there's revenge for, you know, we've seen this many times where the son tries to get revenge for the father's death. I mean, yeah, Princess Bride comes to mind. I I think that's (laughs) like the most famous one. (laughs) That is the most famous son
1: fighting for his father.
0: Now, uh let's talk about some of the things that don't hold up. And right? yes. a lot of this is your stuff, but I do agree with some of it.
1: Okay, so during right before the avalanche, um the Roran forces are taking out like these clustered divisions of the 5th battalion. Um with a catapult, with a with a yeah. what is it? A boulder set on fire.
0: Yeah, a catapult.
1: Yeah, so, but they're doing this fairly accurately. You know, they're taking them out. Uh, Mulan, (laughs) like, comes behind them and starts shooting at them. And when they turn around to take out Mulan's outpost, they overshoot her by a lot, (laughs) which causes the avalanche. She has no uh, uh, firework or uh, cannon that she sends up into the mountains to start the avalanche. They do it themselves because of her um, ingenuity. But the fact that they overshot it by that much when they were like, accurately right and they efficiently were hitting these, clusters hitting these of clu- soldiers yes
0: yeah it so was,
1: that was like a little bit ugh, okay
0: <laughs> here's um, here's the one that I really want to talk about yes uh, let's do it it's so this movie does talk a, a lot about Chi mm-hmm. and the aspects of basically it's like the force that makes up and binds together all things in the universe that sounds very familiar to something else in pop culture. <laughs> Um now this is something that audiences, Western audiences, may not have any idea to and may may be foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And it reminds you of something in particular. It
1: reminded me of midi Chlorians. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so <laughs> it just reeks of Midi Chlorion talk. Uh it's a very unnecessary explanation of a very cool and not so mystical concept of a strong kick-ass woman Right? (laughs) doesn't need to be, um, this very mystical chi that, um, she has a lot of and has, um, studied throughout her life to become stronger using her chi and that, and that sort of thing. um, I didn't think it was necessary at the end of the day to include this whole, um, chi thing. And that's to say, that's not to say that I haven't heard of it and wasn't familiar with it. Right. Um, uh, you know, I've, if you've watched like avatar, the last airbender or the legend of Korra, they have this thing called chi blockers, which people come in, uh, kind of hit these, um, um, important areas on the body. And then you are unable to fight, It blocks your chi.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So I get it.
0: I just think they went over the top with it. It
1: was over the
0: top. They made it it feel like it was some type of supernatural, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it, but basically like it gave powers to people. And depending on how you harness it is how powerful you could be. Right. And so... And apparently if you show it too much, especially as a woman, then you're considered a witch. You <laughs> yeah. know, you know, a woman can't be, you know, strong with her chi pretty much.
1: Mm-hmm. This is
0: kind of something like designed for just only men, really.
1: Yes. Or the way hmm. they
0: try to reference it is like a man should be like, you know, really in tune with Use his chi. Use their chi for war. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you know yeah. women who use it you know they're seen as witches mm-hmm. uh, so you know a little too over the top with the chi stuff because they mention it multiple times and <laughs> you know so but overall fine uh now here's another heavy-handed thing in this movie Ooh. uh the message of devotion to family yes uh, more than the original like oh, because hell yeah the original still plays to you know honor of your family and stuff but this one is just like everything <laughs> is about honor your family 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 yeah and you know I know that you're comfortable with it because you really enjoy and consume a lot of East Asian culture and entertainment, yes yes for sure
1: so it's important filial piety is yes. a huge pillar of that culture and they love to. <laughs> Put it in their entertainment, otherwise, I wouldn't become, you know, understand it or be comfortable with it. But I can see how that would be a turn off to other audiences and especially the Western audience, where, you know, even in um, movies like Tiger Tail, which is on Netflix, where you're supposed to honor your parents by doing what they say. Right. You know, oh, being, obedient.
0: Yeah. being obedient. And
1: she was obviously not obedient. Uh, however, She was extremely devoted to her family in turning down that position that the emperor offered her and was just like, I want to go home. (laughs) I need to be with my family um, and make it up to them, make
0: amends. I think that a lot of people will kind of, I wouldn't say turned off by it, but the concept of everything goes towards family and not the individual themselves. Exactly. Uh, In Chinese culture, the last name comes first. Mm-hmm. The, the family name comes first um, because it's the family is more important than the individual. But here in Western culture, and you'll see it in just about any movie, is that it's all about the individual taking control and ownership of their own life and making their own decisions to overcome whatever obstacle is in their way. Mm-hmm. And it's all for the purposes of serving oneself. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, Asian culture where it's in service to the family name, to the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a I would say it's a foreign concept to a lot of people. I'm not going to say everyone, but I think to a lot of Western audiences, that's a foreign concept. Yeah. And maybe, you know, especially since they hammer it home so much. They do.
1: It's on this sword that they give her at the end. Right. It's like it's another awesome. pillar of virtue. And they're like devotion to family. Right. And it's supposed to be a very sincere, um you know, righteous moment. <laughs> yeah. And I think people might be like, devotion to family. Why would I want that on my sword? Blah blah blah. Like, you know, they might not connect with it.
0: No. They may so, not. But uh so a couple of things, uh before we wrap up here. Uh the ending, the the third act fight with Bori Khan. I thought that was sucky. You thought it was bad. I didn't like it. I thought it was you know what? I actually agree. <laughs> I didn't I, like it. I thought it was fine. Um, I wish that it had played a little differently. Uh, First
1: of all, it was done during the daylight, which I was willing to forgive. The original it was at night, you had the fireworks, yeah, so there was some I'm willing sort to of forgive celebration that. going on. And so, you know, they could have done it at night with the fireworks and shit like that. They technically end up on the roof of the palace, except it's under construction. It's like a a new and improved palace 2.0 that's still under construction, which is why you have the bamboo scaffolding. And so technically they were on the fighting on the roof of the palace, but um, didn't play the same at all. Uh, They kind of have like a Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of Black Pearl moment when they're on the same. um, uh, What is that?
0: plank plank it's a wooden plank suspended
1: in the air yeah Yeah. and so they're on either side of it and try and fighting and um it just did not play the same at all i didn't i didn't think the stakes were high at all i was like unconcerned totally unconcerned yeah. That Mulan would make I, it out. Like, it was like. You
0: know what it is? Because I don't feel like the movie shows that the villain and the hero have at least equal, like, powers in terms of their fight. Hmm. Because we don't really get to see Bori Khan do a lot of fighting, although there is, you know, montage moments here and there earlier on in the movie. That's where-
1: why I think that the witch character should have probably not been in there. I understand they wanted to make a point between the two girls, the two ladies. Um, However, we definitely got more um, of the witch fighting uh, supernaturally sometimes. Um, But as far as it was always going to come down to Bori Khan and Mulan fighting.
0: Right. Right. It had and to.
1: so we never got that Bori Khan moment where we're like, "Wow, he's really
0: right. He's menacing.
1: He's powerful. powerful." Yeah.
0: No, we didn't get that. You're right about that. And so I, I think that, maybe, and that's
1: despite an excellent performance
0: by Jason Scott Lee. Yes, agree. Yeah. Um, so a bit of a turnoff, and I can understand why audiences maybe not that excited about that final third act. Yeah. So. You know. they,
1: it, they had, like, the molten metal deal happening, so, like, the floor is lava. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are right about um, that. She
1: loses her father's sword in the lava, and all that was needed was, like, the
0: thumbs up, like, in T2 <laughs> when the
1: <laughs> sword went down.
0: <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> oh, one final thing that I think didn't hold up, really, and it's uh, Mulan, after she... After the this, gender reveal. The gender reveal is like just flawless. Flawless. Because just the moment before when she, she makes the decision to like take off the armor and stuff and, you know, sh- reveal that she is a woman. Like she was like beat to crap. She had dirt and just everything. And like the only different the only thing that happened in that time is she got on a horse. That's right. the only thing that happened. She got on a horse and started taking clean. off the armor. Yeah. Her hair was clean and curled again. Superpowers.
1: It, it yes, exactly. It leads to people thinking she has superpowers because she was suddenly ap- like feminine and flawless. Right. Like the rest of the movie and that's Maybe she's very born with it. From where they were, like, they came at it from a very realistic perspective. She totally looked like, could pass for a man. She was dirty. They were mentioning how stinky she was the whole movie. Yes. And then she has that epiphany. The phoenix is there to bless the decision. She removes her bun. And then she's
0: a goddess. Like Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those fighting
1: with her hair down, and that's something that I think is really hard for I think a lot of women to get behind. Now, for a heroine to be fighting with her yeah, hair down,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that, like over the years, about women when they have to do action sequences, heroes of any kind. You know, they wear their hair down in the movies when realistically. You know they would not be doing that because it would impair their ability to fight because hair was flying everywhere. It would get in their <laughs> face and their eye, it and their vision. You know, so get
1: tangled. Yes, someone can pull
0: it. Like there's yeah. a lot of reasons why women would not actually fight with their hair down, just loose, looking like they just came out of a Tresemme commercial. Yeah, for shampoo. Oh,
1: a word on her hair. She never cuts it. In the movie,
0: no. Here, here's a funny one. Uh So my brother was talking about this. Uh, my brother Miguel, he has come on the show a couple of times. Uh Asian culture, he said that he felt that it was actually real because at that time, men throughout Chinese history, men
1: never cut their hair. Never
0: cut their hair. Like yeah, they, they would wear hair. it long,
1: and it actually has to do with filial piety because your hair is a gift from your parents, exactly from it's your ancestors. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So why would you cut it? Why would so you cut it? that moment in the original animation played terribly with chinese audiences because they were like how why no that's so his- right. not historically we accurate that. we would never do that so for her to pass as a man and cut off her hair <laughs> like, did not play
0: well so and that all. was a, that was a good thing, so that was like, a good change it. that
1: they kept they yes. just had her tied up
0: in uh, a bun which, which is the manly style so uh, there's a couple last things here before we get out. Things that you miss. I know- I miss this. Okay. Yeah, go ahead.
1: So um, I wish that they had kept the bow to me part of the villain interacting with the emperor, which you do get a little bit of uh, Bori Khan messing with the emperor while he's tied up. Um, and in the original animation, you had this great line from the emperor where he says, no matter how the wind howls, um, the mountains cannot bow to it. Right. Which is really a powerful, profound line. And you don't get that from
0: (laughs) Jet Li. And you
1: don't don't get a a very much like an arrogance with a bow to me moment. No, Um, you don't. So... That being said, you also don't have a uh, you sa- you have saved us all moment at the end of the movie, where in the original animation, you have this amazing, powerful moment. The entire palace square bows to Mulan after the emperor does, which is another sign that the emperor is humbling himself in right. front of a woman, Mulan, in the original. Exactly. Obviously, what never happened in real life. So you don't have this slightly more historically accurate Jet Li portrayal bowing to Mulan at any point. And neither do you have this music swelling palace, uh, you know, bowing to Mulan. It was such a great emotional moment in the animation. And you just don't get that. No. Or an equivalent of it, really, in the live action, which is something I really miss.
0: Correct. Now, uh, before we leave you, we did want to point out a couple of things that caught her eye, or, you know, that we noticed or some nice references. So what's the first one?
1: So at the beginning, Mulan is like riding her horse and alongside her are a pair of running rabbits. So she sees this and then she comes back and mentions it to her family about the, ba- the rabbits. That's actually has to do with the actual ballad of Mulan because the ballad concludes by commenting when a pair of rabbits run side by side, who can distinguish male from female? So it has to do with, you know, flying in the face of the China's patriarchal culture.
0: Yes. She's no different. She's no different. Than when, a when, man. Yeah. Right. When things get, you know, in the heat of the moment, you know. Yeah. Like, there's no difference between a man and a woman who saves who. Yeah. You know, who is the leader? How can
1: you tell a male and a female rabbit? How can you distinguish between them when they're both running?
0: Right. When they're both running.
1: So it was a very kind of profound thing that everybody missed because it had to do with the poetry of the original ballad. Um, And then lastly... We did get a cameo by Ming Na Wen, which is the original voice of Mulan. She intros Mulan to the Emperor at the end of the movie in that grand uh, throne room.
0: Yes. She does introduce her. I was like, yes. wait a second, is that and then like it I, is. Looked, and I was like And yes, you hear the voice and movie. you're like, it's <gasps> <gasps> <"That's> Mulan. It's <laughs> Mulan. So overall, I think that we went in with very high expectations. So high. And <laughs> They were not fully met. No. But with that said, though, I think that we enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah. Um, Some of the changes that they did make, we did enjoy. Yeah. Um, You know, we are not in the same boat as a lot of people missing the songs, missing some of the characters that they changed around or left out. You and I are kind Mm -hmm. of in the same boat. We're fine with the change. It's, It's okay. Uh, it's just some of the aspects of what they did during the movie, maybe not as great as it could have been. Yeah. The way they filmed some of the action, you know, left, left us wanting more, uh, the final, you know, the climax of the movie left, left us wanting more. as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So with that said, what is your final score for this movie?
1: I gave it a three and a half.
0: Okay. Gave it a three and a half. I gave it a three. Oh, okay. Yeah, just slightly under. Um, I've already made my case as to why yes. that is. <laughs> we've both made our uh, cases. <laughs> when it comes to let me ask you this question. When it comes to the live actions that we've seen, yeah. How do you think it compares?
1: It's one of the better ones for sure.
0: One for sure.
1: Yeah. I'm a fan of the Cinderella.
0: Right. Remake. You are a fan of the Cinderella. Uh, so remake.
1: it's up there with Cinderella. Um, I would say the best remake is like 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close, which is like 90s.
0: Right. That's the 90s. Remake. Which they're going to do, they're remaking that one again, again.
1: With, with Emma Stone with Emma and Cinderella.
0: It, it's but, basically the, her origin story, which is uh, so weird. But okay. Sure. <laughs> but um, I would count it as one of the better ones. I agree. Better remakes. With okay. that. I think we're gonna be met with opposition on that one. That is, I think we are too, which is weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird, but uh, what can you do? We enjoyed it for the most part. Now, uh, with that said, uh, that puts a wrap on a very long week for us. Uh, (laughs) We reviewed in, we released quite a few episodes this week. Yes, we have. Yes, so like, if you're looking. At your podcast feed, if you enjoyed this episode, go back and listen to some of our other movie reviews. Like, we released Tenet just this past weekend. Uh, We saw that movie. We also saw The New Mutants. So check those out in your podcast feed. Not the old mutants, the new mutants. The new mutants (laughs) that have no future, by the way. Uh, If you're interested in listening to other things that we've done, we just finished a series called The Love of the Game, where we talked about sports movies. Because we were celebrating that sports was back in a weird <laughs> way, but they're back. And stay tuned because we are going to start another mini miniseries yes. uh, where we will be focusing on movies from our neck of the woods. And that is in South Florida. Yo. Now, I, 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 can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Now, I hesitate to say Miami, even though Miami is included in the list of movies, because not all the movies are from Miami. So... That's why I hesitate to just say Miami. Yeah. Uh, but it does. A lot of these movies, we wanted to take a look as to their legacy. Uh, what makes them so South Florida? Like what makes them unique to that area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know, we'll revisit, you know, do the movies stand up now versus when they came out. Uh, and the first movie we are going to be taking a look at is. 1983's Scarface. Wow. This is uh this is a big one for us because yeah. <laughs> we personally, you know, when we're private in our own conversations, we have a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> and so I think it'll be exciting to rewatch and to talk about it again. Yeah. You know, on on a format like this and what its legacy has become. So Uh, Stay tuned for that in your podcast feed. That is coming soon. So with that said, that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always a Critic Podcast.